Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. I am very grateful for the Lord and what He is doing, particularly um, in the midst of these situations around our nation and our world that are unbelievable. I mean, I mean, if there was ever a description of what Jesus said, nation rising against nation, genos against genos, um, it's <laughs> we're seeing that in a in a much more detailed way than we ever have. And, um, you know, I, I just know that we don't have. See, how do you how do you intervene in your faith on behalf of things that God has ordained for the time of the end? I mean, I. For instance, how do you pray for Israel? You know, people talk about pray for the peace of Israel, just like it's pray that everything will be real sweet and nice over there. That's not what that means. And I firmly believe we could pray till the cows come home and when they go out again that there would be lasting peace right now in Israel. And it's just, if you read the scriptures... You're really praying that the things God says are going to happen aren't going to happen. Uh, I I see what's happening with the, the missiles the, that are being launched out of Gaza and even somewhat out of Lebanon. And I think, dear God, um, this shouldn't be. And But if you've got... Iran, who is a major player in the end times, backing that and trying to foment it, then you can pray all you want, but the best we can pray is, God, let your will be done, your kingdom be manifested, and help us to be what we should be. Help us to be where you want us to be, doing what you want us to do, and let us be um, let us be exactly in a position that you have uh, ordained for us to be in. And um, you know, like I, I look today in my home state, and growing up in in Pittsburgh. For those of you in Arizona, Pittsburgh is to Philadelphia like Tucson is to Phoenix. You know, you're a vibrant community, you're an essential community, but everybody shines the light on the other city. And, you know, Pittsburgh was always looked at as the little the little brother, you know, in Philadelphia, birthplace of freedom, na 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 na. But everybody knew in most of the state throughout all the years I was growing up, that Philadelphia was as corrupt as could be. They just were. The power bosses that were there politically, you just never knew what they were going to do. And um, 
So today there's an election, well, there's a primary for the district attorney. And the guy that's been there is one of these progressive DAs who just lets anything go and just wants to absolutely eradicate the effectiveness of the police. Well, there's a guy named Carlos Vega who's running against him in the Democratic primary. And this guy was a former prospect, pro, uh, prosecutor, former assistant DA. He's supported by the police department. He's an African-American guy, which, which is great. And we're going to see what happens to see if if this groundswell that says we've got to do something to save our cities, homicides are up 40% so far this year, it's just chaos. But you see those kinds of things happen, you think, how do you pray for that? How, how, do, you, how do you pray for uh, this particular scenario? Because, I mean, I think the only solution is for the work of God to be done through his saints and for the kingdom of God to come. This darkness and this gross darkness is necessary biblically for the light in the end times to shine. So we can come against the darkness and the gross darkness and argue with people and bind and rebuke and cast out and throw down. We can even argue with each other because, you know, the enemy hides under, under human shields. He hides under, um, he hides under things that kind of like the Belial scenario in the Old Testament when the tribe of Benjamin saw the heinous thing that the men of Belial had done. But when the rest of the tribes came to get them, they said, no, 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 you're not taking them. They're ours. Well, anybody with the right mind would say this stuff is not acceptable. They went to war over it. You remember the way it ended? You know, shall I go up against Benjamin? Go up. And um, you, you had then at the end, well, we don't want to destroy Benjamin entirely. So let's let them come and steal the young virgins as they go dancing to Shiloh which is ridiculous. But it's kind of like that. What is right is hidden behind the veil of propaganda. You know, even, even you know, I was watching uh, a series that was on PBS. It was done by a British guy. The History of China, and it was fascinating. It was many hours long, and I record these things, and then I watch them usually when I'm walking on the treadmill. It's kind of like a classroom for me, and plus it keeps me engaged, so I, I keep walking. I keep running. But anyway, um, one of the segments was how Mao Zedong took a place in China, and what his little red book was and how that he um, he began whatever he whatever his in his little red book he begins by saying that you have to absolutely destroy the current system and you have to throw down those that are in power and those who have wealth 
And that's that destruction and that deconstruction is the very beginning of a Marxist communist takeover. And even today, if you go to, you know, like when we were in Beijing, you could go and see there are huge pictures of Chairman Mao and there are there are pictures of Lenin and and Marx. But you can go buy the Little Red Book and some of the leaders of the progressive movement today make no bones about the fact that they all have the Little Red Book. They're trying to follow that playbook, but they hide behind. They hide behind things that people say, oh, yeah, we, you know, we agree with you here. And if you come against the Little Red Book, well, then you're coming against these other things. So you can wear yourself out dealing with this conundrum, this spinning wheel of uh, the hamster wheel. Or we can pray. And, and I, as I've prayed, you know, I've gotten, I've gone the, the full gamut. I feel the presence of the Lord and then I'm praying, God's sharing things and he's saying things he wants us to do in, in the very near future and he's talking about what's going to happen. But it's all from the standpoint of the sway of his will. It's very, very, very little of it is has to do with tactical, temporal things. There's something new every day, isn't there? there, there I mean, there's something, some new heinous thing happening every day. And you need a scorecard to keep up with it all. But God, God just is going to do his will. And his will is to raise up sons who will pray and will stand um, together with him as intercessors. And that's what God wants. That's what the enemy doesn't want. The enemy doesn't give a flip about people. He cares about thumbing his evil nose at God. And um, so I see these things. And, and it, as Americans, I get angry. And I, I then have to commit it to the Lord because your mind, you know, who, who doesn't see things and you say, that's just not only wrong, that's idiotically wrong. It's dangerous. Who doesn't get upset when they see that? But then you recognize that there's such nonsense surrounding it that it's, it's a, a ball of twine that that's just you're unable to to un, unroll so i feel like we're in this way i mentioned this on sunday where really daniel speaks about during the time of the end there's an overcoming and then you're overcome there's an overcoming and then you're overcome it's kind of like a pendulum for a while and i think that god is trying to do something during this season. But our goal should be to pray. And I believe that there's going to be a backlash to things that we see going on. And God will give us another window 
to go and to serve and to do. And, um, but it, I, I don't know the duration of it. I, I, I feel like the next swing, and I don't know when it's going to begin, and we can look at it from political lines, but you can be dangerous about that too. But the next swing is, is going to come on, and I don't know how long it will last, but we've got to be ready to roll. I mean, we've got to be ready to do what God says to do because the night comes, the Bible says, and no one's going to be able to work. And I think we just need to be intercessors. We need to be preparing. We need to be prepared. And we need to, we need to go forward. And I'm, I'm just, um, I, I'm like so many of you. I'm, I just see things and I, I get disgusted when I see them. And, you know, but then on the other hand, I see, I see enemy encroachment, not just on a geopolitical level, not just on a, uh, a socially political level here in the United States. I see it even in a, a religious level. Now we've seen the progressives and off, off they went, but, um, I see a lot of things that are being taught from a very scholastic viewpoint about the spirit realm and about our, the, the real role of spiritual warfare. And, and I've, at the behest of the spirit, which I don't, didn't really want to do it because it just frustrates me to see scholastics try to speak about things in the spirit realm. I mean, they're pneumatic, they're discerned spiritually. They're not deserve, discerned by writing uh, dissertations. But I see, uh, I see things as I've, I've read through two of these books in the past number of days, and I thought, you know, we're probably going to have to teach a series on the spirit realm and talk about things that we've known to be true and add to some things that we've learned over the past couple of years that did not, did not discredit what we've learned already. But it's just been a line upon and um, really address some of these falsities that are being embraced, not just by God's odd friends, and there are a lot of them, um, kind of like embarrassing relatives, it's not just by those people, but by the mainstream Bible-based church. And I think it's kind of like Jurassic Park. You know, you, you've got this which is right, you've got this which is right, and then you make this giant leap trying to explain your position, and it's frog DNA. And it, it's, not, it's not biblical. It's, it's not... It, it, the assessment is wrong, and people are being taught this. Lots of people, I mean tens of thousands of people who are Bible-believing, fundamental believers. And, you know, what's the harm in it? Well, if you believe a lie about the enemy, it will destroy in one way or the another. And if you, if you set up uh, positions on spiritual warfare and the actual identity of who fallen angels are and who demons are and you you wrongly assess 
who they are, why they're, why they're in the world, and um, how you take them down at the direction of the Father, you're, you're going to lose, and the end isn't going to be pretty. So I see the enemy moving on a lot of different fronts right now. And I, I would just say that this is a staging time. We're, we're almost ready. The gates are almost opening. And, and I want to clarify something. What, what I'm saying about a window of opportunity, we're, we're going to have that window to go forward here very soon. But what I, what I mentioned earlier um, where righteousness is going to be able to be heralded in the land again, that's going to be a short time. And God's going to do something through it, but the people who believe the foul heresies that are, that are being promoted throughout our country in a lot of places, they're only going to be embittered by it, and they'll, they'll strike back. So... But but I think we just need to do what we're going to do and do it well. This is what we were talking Sunday about the shaking. And that that which is unshakable would remain. And I asked, what things in your life before God are unshakable? Now, again... If I was talking to first whatever church down the street, you would have to say, well, being born again. Well, duh. I mean, that's something that is essential for any beginning in God. But I'm speaking to saints right now. I Hopefully I'm not speaking to people that are grappling with whether they're born again or not. And if that's you, you need to just get right with God. And if you're a saint, you're grappling with that. You need to shake that stuff off and get on your face. I mean, I, I don't have time to baby you. <laughs> it's time to be what you're supposed to be, so be it. And it's about time that somebody says that to you. But, you know, the, the thing is that um, what, what are the essential things that a saint should be doing? Well, I think the first thing God gave to us here in Dallas, we didn't even realize he had given it to us, and, and, but we were using it, but it just kind of was embedded there. It was imparted, and it immediately began to grow and, and to develop, it was this grace capacity of praying in diversities of tongues. We need to be praying in diversities of tongues. We can't be lazy. We can't become lulled because, oh, I want to be with this one and that one. You know, I heard that for years and years and years, and I never really understood. I understood it because it's fun to be around a bunch of people who are really the, the momentum and the the atmosphere that's created by that is really unique. Back in the early, early days, hundreds of years ago, hundred years ago, there were those that would hear people praying in the spirit in the different languages, and the outpouring really hit our nation at the turn of the last century. They would say, 
observers would say that it sounded like an orchestra. It sounded like some, some orchestral offering from heaven. And uh, there's something unique about that. And, and I, I'm not shortchanging it. We love that. But to me, I thought, okay, you got to realize that in order for you to play in the orchestra, you've got to become familiar with your instrument. And you, you can't just show up like the Mayberry Band and play for a Sunday afternoon concert. You, you better be praying in the spirit, in diversities of tongues, on your own and open those portal gatherings where God comes and fills your house. Have that time and enjoy him. It's the same God. That is the essential thing. And so we've learned that over this past year. We knew it. We taught it. But now it's time for us to do it. We knew it. Now we really do it. And so I spent a lot of time praying at home by myself, uh, especially during the, the big ice storms. I had some wonderful times with the Lord. And this has been going on for years. But, you know, we would come here and there were times where we would all pray together and that was wonderful. But for the most part, God was causing us to um, to really stand before him. And that's not a bad thing. That's that's not something to lament. That's that's where you are developed. I saw a lot of people over the years that became proficient at riding the waves of a of a of an atmosphere where there were numbers of people together who did not know who then did not know how to function on their own. And if they would come here by themselves and nobody was in the sanctuary, they'd leave. And they'd say in this quote, there's nothing going on. Well, good Lord, every time I walk into this place, I see something going on. It's, it's, it's not that something's going on. Is what, what is God want going on in you? What are you supposed to be doing? And that is where we are. So to me, that was an essential that's an essential thing. What's unshakable, no matter what's going on, is we pray in diversities of tongues. Secondly, we should be doing what the Father searches for. We should be on our face in proskuneo, or shacha before God. And we should be doing that every day. I don't want to say how long or how many times because you can't legislate that, even though some try. Uh, you know, there's there's a certain there's a certain benefit to having a legislated type of spiritual regimen. You might do that if you're working out at the gym. But when it comes to seeking God, it's a nice litma, it's a nice uh, uh, measuring stick. But it's it's about relationship. You don't want to just get your time in. You want to be spending it with the Lord. Now you may not always feel Him. 
You may not always have an angelic encounter. You may not always have the heavens open. God does say in a number of occasions that I hide myself. I have to search for you. But the way you search for God is by doing what you're supposed to do. And as you do that, you find him. That's that's a pretty good, that's a, that's the $10 question right there. Just gave it to you for free. Friend, if you'll send in your $10 right now, I'll send you back. This key to exploring the heart of God. No, I'm just telling you, that's the way you find him. You can stay, sit up there all day and say, show me your face or let me see your glory, which you're really not supposed to do. Sound, sings good, but read the scripture sometime. You, when, you, when you say that, you should be it, it planted in the cleft where God places you under the covering of his hand. That, that's, that's where you are. And then when, it's, when he's passed, you can see what he's done. That's how you see his glory. But you're, you're there faithfully under his hand in the gap, praying in the spirit on your face. That is unshakable. That's something we must do. And of course, you need to be studying the Word. You should be reading the Word. And I know, listen, I grew up with that read the Bible through a year, and some of you do that, and that's great. I'm not maligning that. But I, I'm telling you, even if you do that, you need to be led of the Spirit, not by a primer in the back of a book. Go ahead and do what you're doing through the year. But the Spirit guides you in His Word. You need to be studying every day. And you need to be staying current with what God is saying to His saints. I mean, it's not just because I teach a lot of it. I mean, I continually have to remind myself of what God has said. I continually have to do these processes in my mind, in my spirit, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And I run that gamut every day. It's a regimen for me. Because the Spirit, it's one of the ways the Spirit speaks to you. It's amazing how you can combine things of the Lord, principles from his word, you put them together and it makes something that it creates new dimension. No, let me say it in the right way. It allows you to see dimensions of the Lord that you would not have seen otherwise. But if you're just waiting for somebody to teach you, if you have time to listen, that can be beneficial, but that that doesn't really study to show yourself approval, workman that need, need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It doesn't do that in you. So you're responsible for, oh, I'm just so busy. Oh, I'm, I'm just this. I'm just that. Give me a break. Really? You know, I, I'm serious. I hear that. And I know one thing. And that is that you can do what you put your mind to do. 
I'm busy. You know, this past week, and I think my wife's really concerned about me, I'm up at 2 or 3 in the morning. And I, I think I'm praying, and I'm thinking, God, what are you... What are you, um, what are you wanting? And I process. And then I, I do the, the various things I'm supposed to do. This is not about me. But what I'm saying is you can find a time to do these things if you really want to do them. But there are a lot of other things competing for your attention. Binges of various shows. I mean, you can get lost for hours reading um, watching things on TV, you can you can you can do lots of other things that I'm not saying are wrong. I'm not preaching again it, but what I am saying that what is the unshakable thing that needs to be you need to be current with? To me, those things are bedrock foundational issues you know I think I think back to a message that I don't think I've had as many responses and I don't look for responses because if I was doing that I would be of all men most miserable but the, the message about affections and the uh, freneo and us receiving understanding through breathing in his spirit um, that that struck a nerve in in the saints network but even what i off the cuff mentioned on sunday about precept and line you know the precept was based upon relationship it was truly the ob factor where it was either a father or a parental entity could be a mother could be an uncle someone very close who is instructing you the good the good things now, I know that there are some that instruct in bad things but there's relationship there and that sets the standard for how we're going to operate how we're going to function, the doctrinal position. And you, you have to have that with God or you won't be established in precept. But then the line upon line comes as a result of that and in, in connection with that. And the line is also the word used to describe the plumb line. It's the extrapolation of how God is building and his, his plan. So you have purpose, which is the burden of purpose is impacted through precept, the principle of precept. But then if you want to receive or understand or have the vitality of function and power of the line or the plan, that comes following the precept and then there's here a little there a little now that's that's always an interesting thing because I can just tell you 
some of the ways that I, I have recognized that comes to me. Sometimes I will hear a word that God shares through a saint and it triggers something in me. And I know I didn't pay for that. I know I didn't search for that. I know I didn't study for that. I know God didn't come down and reveal it to me. But as soon as I hear it, I can't predict when it's going to happen. But as soon as I hear it, it, it stirs something in me. And it's a gift. And then there are times where I'll hear something that is just flat, uh, unscriptural that's being taught or embraced and uh, something rises up in me and I think that is not godly and when I look into it then God shows me very often a truth that that miscarriage of doctrine is trying to either hinder or or block in some way. And so, um, but I wasn't expecting that either. And then there, you know, there are times that God will send a word, an angelic word, or there'll be just a rhema that I'm looking at the scripture and it just leaps up and I think, wow. But those things don't necessarily come uh, and and are, are equated as time spent with the Father where I'm being imprinted with his with his purpose or what then he says, okay, this line goes here. This line goes here. That here little there little comes in a number of ways. Maybe here is the things that are imprinted from the Lord within house, and there are things that you either weren't expecting or anomalies that are wrong that you see and you're not trying to disprove, but you're you're just wanting to verify, look, is this what is this? And you, uh, you discover something of the Lord through that. But understanding comes through spending time with the Lord. And you can't, even in a, in a uh, physical way, you can't, you can't by, bypass that. So it has to be a mnemonicus understanding. <clears throat> spiritual things with spiritual which is then why Jesus could go and say something that totally throttled the Pharisees and the doctors of the law and the scribes. Or Paul could speak in the synagogues. But they had the word with power. Paul did. Jesus did. Because it was of the Spirit. And so we 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 have to realize that the unshakable things, praying in this gift that God gave at the birth of the church, 
being the ecclesia, recognizing. You see, I guess in all, it characterizes us being a saint. You know, and every saint has to be a son. <laughs> and so you pray in this way that builds up your faith and you speak mysteries, but it's also in conjunction with the throne of God to move forward in grace, which is what diversities of tongues is. We need that gift. We need that communication gift. And we need to be on our face before God. And we need to be, you know, we need to be studying um, for ourselves. And we need to be studying the things that are so readily believed among us all for the purpose of recognizing my identity is as a son redeemed to the Heavenly Father through the sacrifice of Jesus and to do the work of the saints. Those are unshakable. It's not optional. Those are things that God wants to do through us that, um, that we should be doing every day. We should be doing every day. And if you're not doing doing them every day, I don't want to ask anybody to, I don't want anybody to think I'm saying you need to go, oh God, I'm so sorry. You know, because that, that doesn't do anybody any good. You know, I don't know how people that respond that way exist in any kind of a business environment. I mean, I remember when I worked for a summer in the mill, in the steel mill, and God gave me real favor in there. I don't need to go down that trail again as to how he did it. But I remember one time I was working in the, in this booth that supervised. Can you imagine putting an 18-year-old kid in charge of that? Supervised the production of bulletproof steel. And I was supposed to be doing this and this and this. And um, I happened to have my little transistor radio up there. And we, I was way up above this furnace. And there was steel all around me. And it provided the best antenna in Pittsburgh. So up there, I, could, I had to do this and then wait 15 minutes and then do this and then do this and then do this. It wasn't computerized. It was all manual. But I had this little radio, and I'd listen to a baseball game if that was on. And then I'd listen to preachers from all over the United States because it would be like one or two in the morning a lot of times because you worked in different shifts at the mill, three different shifts. And I remember one time the foreman came up there and this was a this was a foreman that had a reputation for being a real what's a good word? Some of your kids are listening. He was not easy to deal with. And he came up there and he just laid into me. What the? And off he went. He just, a string of words that my mama never let me say. And he was telling me I shouldn't have that radio up here. I need to pay attention to what I was doing. And I thought, you knucklehead, I've been doing this for weeks now. And there's never been a problem. It's a monkey could do this. I mean, you just follow the pattern. Somebody has to do it, and it is precise. But if you, if you don't have to touch another button for 15 minutes, 
what are you going to do during that time? I mean, you have something that's going to tell you when you're supposed to hit the button. So it wasn't I was being derelict in duty, but this guy just told me off. And what would have happened if I said, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't mean this. I, you know what I had to say? Yes, sir. Now, the next night, it was a different foreman, and I was back at the radio again because it wasn't hindering me from doing my job at all. And so, but anyway, you know, my, my, uh, my words to you today are not to make everybody melt into a puddle of, I'm so sorry, Lord. But it's just, these things are in you. You are responsible to do them. It is your reasonable service. So do them. It's not that hard. I mean, think about it. How many things did I list? Your identity is as a son and a saint. Pray in diversities of tongues. Be on your face before God. Read the word, which is an easy thing to do. I've got a great, my Bible program on my phone is terrific. I mean, I can do studies on this that 10 years ago I could have only done at my computer. So I can, I listen to the Spirit. He says something. I can pull this up and go into a deep study all in two or three minutes. You can do that too. It's not going to hurt you. You're smart enough to do that. And you've got the ability to refresh yourself on lots of different teachings. And you're going to have more once the, the new equipment gets here and we, we put together different uh, different types of teaching formats and we also can give you some clearer instruction as to how to access things that are, have been there uh, for years you should you should you shouldn't be negligent in keeping up with what the saints have taught and then I hear some people say well I just don't have time I you know, I've told you this before, but like if I pull this up on Spotify, which is free, which is easy, I can listen. Even I even noticed on our website, I can listen to my message, uh, which I don't really listen to. I don't. Why do I need to listen to it? I spoke it. I live it. Anyway, I can listen to it at twice the speed. And, and sometimes I'll listen to podcasts and teachers and I'll be listening to twice the speed. I can knock out a program in no time flat. Now, I'm not saying you have to study all the time. But a good portion of my day is spent devouring some type of teaching from the Lord. And um, I, I think... We need to we need to really toughen up. But if anything, you know, our world is doing some crazy things. Like, you can get really angry if you let yourself. You see what's happening over in the Middle East, and you see what people are doing in Congress, the things they're saying. And, you know, there's something funny that, I don't even know why I'm telling you this because somebody somebody's probably going to get offended, but too bad. 
I read this, they've got this little app called the Babylon Bee. It extends, I think, out of Prager University. But they do these little kind of um, funny little things. And some of them are just dumb. But some of them are really thought-provoking and funny. And there's one that I read the other day. It says, tensions rise in the Middle East as one side wants to kill Jews and the other side, who are Jews, simply don't want to die and neither will compromise. And it goes through this thing. It's just really, it's just really funny. It, it really, really is funny. Um, um, here's like Benjamin Netanyahu, prime minister of Israel, and you can't murder a Jew extremist explained that from his point of view, it was Hamas that was being unreasonable. We just don't want people to kill us, you know? It's the number one thing people say to me. Hey, Ben, make sure no one murders us today. And I know this throws cold water on a lot of what people out there want, but I am not moving from this position. No killing the Jews. Well, when the kill the Jews side was asked if maybe they could just beat up the Jews, they were adamant that only killing Jews would make them happy. And Israel, which has faced a lot of international pressure to allow some of their people to be murdered, has remained equally adamant in wanting no murder whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's just a ridiculous thing, and it's funny to read. You, you need to learn how to laugh a bit, or it'll just drive you nuts. But you see these things going on, and you think, God, it's just nonsense. It's just and a lot of it, I know the enemy's involved in it, and I know there are end-time factors, but a lot of it is just people being insane. And if you let yourself go down that trail too long, you're going to lose it. So it's best just not to listen to it, or to be aware of it, but to hold on to the unshakable things. Because you know as well as I do that the end time is going to be exactly what God wants it to be. And you can read about it there in your Bible. And <clears throat> we just need to pray according to the mysteries of God. We need to hear what he's, what he's going to say to us. And sometimes we want God to give answers to things that to him are temporal. To us, we get all fired up about it. And we, we say, what good does it do to pray in the Spirit? We don't have any answers for this. Well, do you really need an answer for that? Do I need an answer for nonsense? Especially when I can't do anything about the nonsense other than get angry about it. It's best to keep, to keep control of the only thing you can really control and that is who you are and what you're going to do and if you can if you can keep your head I don't think I can quote this anymore because Rudyard Kipling is probably a racist 50 times over but if you can keep your head while all around others are losing theirs you're going to be okay especially if you're doing it under the headship of, of, of God Almighty. So, you know, I, I don't know. There's probably, there's a lot of other things that we do as saints or should do. You know, if I said, well, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, 
you know, that's great unless somebody is in lockdown. Now, we Neanderthals in Texas and in Florida, remember when Uncle Joe called us that? Um, we've been celebrating just absolute downward trends of COVID. And, um, but I was talking, I was seeing what was going on in, in Europe and people are still restricted. And so if I, if I push that one too hard, people are going to feel, oh no, I can't go and be, I can't have my prayer group. I can't do this right now. And uh, I'm, I'm disobeying God. So I'm not going to push that, even though you should be, if you have the chance, you should be gathering together. But God has given us these unshakable things. And listen, they've been being shaken from a number of angles. But the point is that you hold on to the things that are unshakable. And um, I believe that I believe that God is helping us. So we're looking forward. You know, we've, we've got some wonderful things happening. Um, just an update on the, uh, the, uh, the new equipment that we're, we're getting for the saints. Um, this is, um, this isn't a TriCaster. This is equipment that was developed by a church in Australia so that you could function in the same ways as a TriCaster does, but you can do expanded things. And this is the main competition to TriCaster in, in the world today. Well, we still will have our mini TriCaster, which we're going to use up in the media room to do some different programming, and we'll take that to different places as well, because that's what we originally bought it for. But this new equipment will govern automated cameras in the sanctuary here, but also from the same control base, the youth room, which sometime soon we're going to name that room something else. Right, well, not that we're going to call it something else. We'll, we'll have a title for it. But uh, For right now, it's the youth room. And... Um, I don't know when it's going to be installed. You know, you have to order it and put all this this equipment together. They, I, I told them we needed to have it in well before September so that we had the chance to use it and learn it before our seminar. But I do want to thank those of you who have responded to our appeal, uh, giving you the opportunity to give toward this. I bless you. Those of you who are praying about what God would have you to do, I, I give you thanks for that. Now, I'm not scrutinizing what people give. I am not doing that because I don't want to play favorites. And I'm not going to sidle up to people like the old-timey preachers used to do. I'm keeping, um, I'm being advised as to how much has come in, in total. And right now, we're a little over half of what we need. Um, we're not going into debt, so any of you that are uh, uh, Dave Ramsey purists, 
just just hold on to your hold on to your hat because I'm not I'm not putting us in debt. But we made this commitment because we believe this is what the Lord was saying to do, and so it's going to afford us a lot of better ease of operation. It's going to increase our connectivity. It's going to add a number of different options that we did not have. Um, we're we're going to be um, able to do things that our current equipment don't afford us being able to do. And the reason we're doing it is because the Lord said to do this, but also because, you know, we've had we had issues during our last seminar with this old equipment in the sanctuary in the sanctuary and uh, it's been a good been a good old horse. But um, the old gray mare just ain't what it used to be. So I mentioned seminar September. We're gonna have our seminar here again. So you can make plans to come. And we would love to welcome you. And uh, it'll be a great blessing for everybody to be together again. And everybody always asks, when is it? When is it? Well, we put these dates out in a number of different places. But it's really simple. I can just look at the calendar right here. Hmm, let's see when in December it might be. Well, how about uh, the 15th through the 18th? That sounds good. What about next March? Well, how about the 16th through the 19th, 2022? Well, how about a year from September? Well, how about uh, the 14th through the 17th? It's just real simple stuff. We don't jerk it to the beginning of September and to the back of September or this in March. It's always in the middle. So, um, now what date is that again? Do you ever talk to people and you're telling them they're just looking at you and you're thinking are you really listening to me because when you finish talking they said now what is that again <laughs> you think you weren't listening to me where was your mind it was somewhere else it reminds me of that cartoon the incredible the fantastic mr fox where um there's this possum that george clooney the fox talks to and this possum will get these X's in its eyes and Clooney will say are you listening to me are you still there <laughs> oh, life is fun isn't it so um, I just I look forward you know what are we doing here in Dallas right now um, We've been meeting on Sundays um, for a long time now, and um, we're happy to be able to do that. I, I do know that we are going to be re-initiating our fivefold gatherings, and we're going to be doing them in a different way than we had been. It used to be we'd do them on uh, Wednesday nights at 6, and... Um, then we do special fivefolds if and, uh, something came up that we really need to have kind of an emergency fivefold or an urgency fivefold. But we'll be probably doing that, initiating it pretty soon to where we have multiple fivefolds during a week at different times of the week. I don't know when we're going to go back to Wednesday night service. 
Um, it's not that I don't want to, but I feel more of an urgency to get the people coming together to pray than I do to go back to the realm where we have the same five people meeting at 6 o'clock or 6.30 when everybody gets there and then have a, a meeting at 7.15 and then everybody's out at 8.10. I mean, I, I'm pretty comfortable bringing the word that you can listen to whenever during the day you want but then you're also accountable to come to pray at some point with with a group and you keep hearing from God what he's saying through that through that uh, um, prescribed measure of seeking him and you're also you know you're also sh sharpening your gift but we'll see when when we do this we'll we'll let you know not that it matters to those of you who are outside of Dallas. You you can do whatever the Lord says for you to do. But um, I just, I'm just very grateful. God is so good to us. And the best days for the saints are ahead of us. It's not done. It's not over. It's just beginning. And like I spoke a couple of Sundays ago, the hour of the saints has really not begun yet. We've been functioning just as Jesus functioned before his hour had come. The hour of the saints is, is going to be a magnificent thing. And we need to, we need to look forward while we're being faithful to the work of the saints right now and so anyway we speak blessing over all of you from here in Dallas and we ask that you would pray for us pray for your brothers and sisters around the world who are saints and know that we're praying for you we're grateful to be aligned with you. And um, I want to thank you for allowing us to have that privilege. So, tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live, it, we will look forward to sharing the word together. And um, till then, God bless all of you. And goodbye.